you're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast, and I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park, joined as always by Chris Corso, who is both the co-host and the producer of the Wobcast. What's up, Chrissy? What's going on, Wobby? We were just talking, we were like, can't believe that we have not played a home game at U.S. Bank Stadium since, I can't even remember one. Since we took apart the Los Angeles Rams, the basically. Best, the best offense in the league yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe when you add it all up, um, one home game in 55 days. That is, I mean, the schedule. It's an unusual scheduling quirk. That doesn't happen very often. No, it does not. And uh, you throw a bye week in there, a trip to London in there, one home game against the Rams, three yep. straight road games. So yeah, it's it's going to be good to be back. Uh, it's going to be good to be back home. It's good to be back with you guys. Welcome back to another edition of the Wobcast. We hope everything's okay with you. It's been a long time since we felt this feeling, Chrissy. A long, long time. We lost a game for like the first time in two months. I, it's I still remember after uh, the fourth game of the season, just going back and saying. We lost Dalvin. We yeah. lost to the Detroit Lions. Ugh, What's like, going to happen? What is going to happen with yeah. the season? We're two and two. Yeah. And what did we do? We won eight in a row. We ripped off eight straight wins. And that was the last time um, we had a losing feeling. And now yeah. this is this is new to us this right. season. So. so we hope everything's okay with all you listeners out there. Hang in there. Everything's going to be all right. Yep. The sun will shine again, and hopefully it will be shining on Sunday when the Vikings play the Bengals. Now we head into Week 15 with a chance to clinch the NFC North with a win and very much in the thick of things in the playoff chase. A lot to get to today, including Know Your Enemy with Chris, Fan Mail, and it's never too early. It's never too early for a Todd McShay mock draft. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have... Todd McShay's Mock Draft 1.0, which we will share with you in a little bit. But first, some news and notes. The Vikings currently sitting in the number two seed in the NFC as we head into Week 15 with three games to play. And as we were flying home last week, Chris, big news from the one seed, the Philadelphia Eagles, during their game against the Rams. That's right. Eagles quarterback and one of the best players in the NFL this season, Carson Wentz, dove into the end zone and did uh, tear his ACL on yep. that play. Um, you don't like to see that. You no. just don't like to see that happen. You didn't like to see it happen to Rodgers as much as it helped us, but this does help us. Yes. And uh, they are the number one seed at the moment. They went on to beat the Rams behind Nick Foles, their backup quarterback there in Philadelphia. So um, we're one game behind them. And, uh, yeah, it's going to come yeah. down to, to these last three games, especially we both have our backup quarterbacks. So. Yes. We're the last team that's going to discount another team because they have their backup quarterback. We can't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been playing with our backups, so we feel their pain. And our backup running back. Right. Uh, we feel their pain, and <laughs> we've backs. gotten the job done with our backup, so we know it can be done. So we're not going to be discounting the, the Eagles. Now, the, the Giants play the Eagles this week. Um, so a little NFC battle going on there. And, um, you know, with with all due respect to the Eagles and Godspeed to Carson Wentz and his recovery, but we hope the Giants win that game. Yeah, we do. Because we- we're trying to chase down that one seed and have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. 
because I have an awesome stat for you. Let's hear it. I haven't shared this with you yet. Or maybe I have, but I can't remember. But 11.2 points. Yeah. Okay. When teams come into U.S. Bank Stadium, on average, they're 11.2 points per game. Worse. Worse against us at U.S. Bank Stadium. That is amazing. That <laughs> here, here are the numbers. A few of them I'll give you. The New Orleans Saints, they've scored 28.5 points per game this season. Yep. 19 against us. Um, Baltimore, 23 points per game this season. 16 against us. Here's the big one. The Rams, 30 points per game. 7 against us. Wow. At, I mean, so... Um, that's why we want. I mean, everyone wants home field advantage, but we're a, we are defined by our defense. We thrive at home, right? It's so we want that. I agree. <laughs> first, we got to win our division, though. Let's so we, we, first things first. Let's win our division with a with a victory against the Bengals this week. Speaking of injuries, yes, you have pulled up the injury report that we have just uh, uploaded to Vikings.com. Right, um, it is on the website on our Twitter. It's everywhere. Yep. Um, it's a little bit longer this week than the than the last couple. So run, run through that. Yeah, I mean, we we came out of the Panthers game banged up. Yeah, especially on offense. Riley Reef uh, through th- this is all through Thursday. Riley Reef has not practiced. Emmanuel Lemur limited. Kyle Rudolph has not practiced. Mac Alexander has not practiced. Um, let's see. Jarek McKinnon is on there, but he came back. Mike Remmers is on there, but he's been practicing. So I mean, you know, we're banged up. Pat Elfline is on there; he's been limited. I mean, we're, this is this is a lengthy list here. Yep. Um, and so we don't know yet who's going to be in and who's going to be out. But I think the the big questions or concerns are Reef at left tackle. Yep. Elfline at center. Absolutely. Rudy tight at end. tight end, and then um, you know Thielen was a little banged up coming out of that game, but I think he's going to be okay. But um, you know the, those guys uh, up front, especially on the offensive line. Um, banged up a little bit. So we got to get those guys healthy. Not sure if all of them are going to play in this game or not, but Zim seemed fairly optimistic that they'd be back soon. He right? did. At the press conference the other day, he was pretty optimistic, especially about the offensive line, especially about Riley Reef. He said he laughed and said that injury is not as bad as yeah. we thought. Yeah, so. so so that's good. Now the Bengals are banged up too. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, uh, in, in a little bit more detail here in a second, uh, maybe when we're in the Know Your Enemy segment. But yeah, injury is obviously a factor. It's it's um, yeah. it's a war of attrition, and we're in week 15, so these injuries are going to start mounting up. Um, the Vikings 10-3 start, the best start through 13 games for the for Minnesota since they went 11-2 in 2009. And as we talked about last week, yep. you know, we compared the 09 season to the 2017 season. So any of you listening who did not catch last week's Wobcast, we had an interesting um, topic yeah, that in the was show. Uh, and we included Kevin Stefanski, who is an assistant coach for us now and was in 09. And some of his thoughts on that. So go back and check that out if you missed it. Um the Vikings uh, five and one home record this season. Bengals two and four on the road. And then Chris, you have an interesting note here about um, the yards per game that we've allowed, the points per game that we've allowed on defense, and how that ranks in the NFL. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, the Vikings. We continue to go over these stats just because the way they stand out is is just incredible. Um, the Vikings defense has held opponents to 293.4 yards per game. That's third in the NFL. If you look at those two big plays last week, the Cam yeah. Newton run and so the, annoying. I mean, we could easily have that number way down. Yeah. Um, 
And then 18.1 points per game is third in the NFL. Uh, we always bring up that stat. If you give Zimmer 21 points, we're, yeah. we're pretty good. Yep. Um, and then the defense is limited opponents, rushing yards. We've talked about it all year. 88.3 rushing yards per game, which is second in the NFL. Again, if you hold Jonathan Stewart on that one fluke run where he where he kind of broke loose. It was uh, good blocking by the Panthers on that play. But, uh, yeah, some of these numbers are just great j- yeah. just to look at and see how dominant we've been all year and how consistent we've been. Um, Zimmer brought up, I think they've only averaged like 2.8 yards per play last week if yeah. you discount the yeah. long uh, Jonathan Stewart run yep. and the long Cam Newton run to, that led to the winning um, score there. So um, if you limit those big plays, this is a tough defense to, yeah, to and, go and, against. And I think that's why you can't really freak out about the loss to Carolina or what happened in the loss to Carolina because it's really the exception, not the rule, to how the team has played all season. And you're on the road against a good team that's probably going to make the playoffs. A guy who's won the MVP award, Cam Newton. I mean, sometimes you get beat in this league. I, I don't think you freak out about last week's loss. So. I agree. Um, and we shouldn't worry about last week's loss. We should worry about this week's opponent. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Chris, help us get to know the Bengals. All right. Know your enemy with the Cincinnati Bengals. This team is 6-6 six and six on the season. Um, the last time we played them was back in 2013. The Bengals were 42-14. and 14. That was the last regular season game uh, we played against them. Last year, we did um, practice with them in training camp for a few days, and we actually had a preseason game against them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati lost last week big time to the Chicago Bears. They were at home, and they lost 33-7. to They've lost four of their last six, so they're not on the greatest streak here. Um, this team is is definitely, um, definitely a team that has talent, mm-hmm. um, one that can't be taken lightly. But they also have, have had their struggles um, of late. They are five and eight on the season, and, and six and six was the record against the Vikings all time. So, yeah. um, looking at some some big storylines, Dalton AJ Green. Yep, that's the connection. That I mean, yeah. you can say they're five and eight, but just looking at those two guys, they're both very talented. They can win a game. They can win a game. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, Zimmer said. I, I used to see A.J. Green go up and jump over three people and catch the ball. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, Zim was saying, like, I've heard I've heard him on offense say, just on yep. this play, let's just throw it up to A.J. So, I mean, yep. so this is, you know, another matchup for Xavier Rhodes that you would put in the category of Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. Like, A.J. Green Abs- is up there with those guys. Absolutely. Yeah, so. I mean, looking at A.J. Green's stats, he's got 65 catches on the year. 950 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. He's trying to to uh, go for his sixth 1,000 yard season already of his career this Sunday. Um, Andy Dalton has been not as great as he's been in his career um, this season. He was 14 of 29 last week for 141 yards and one touchdown. He also threw a pick in that game against the Bears. So he's had some off games here and there. He did turn the ball over a lot at the beginning of the season. Um, so he's definitely someone to keep an eye on to throw an interception here or there. He's got nine of them this year. So looking at those two guys, I think that's really the highlight of this offense. For sure. Um, Joe Mixon, we see that he's on the injury report, so he's one to watch. Yeah, he is on the injury report um, with a concussion that he suffered two weeks ago, so he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Also on offense, um, on the injury report, tight end Tyler Croft with a hamstring, but he's back at practice. 
And let's see, Giovanni Bernard knee, but he's practicing. Um, they have a tackle with a shoulder, but he's practicing, and another tackle with a hip, but he's practicing. So I think if they get Mixon back, they're pretty much healthy on offense. Yeah, um, Mixon didn't play last week, so that's something, something to note. So we don't know if he's going to play. It looks like Giovanni Bernard would be the starting running back in that scenario. Um, but yeah, looking over to the defense, mm-hmm. this is a familiar defensive scheme. Yeah, for Zim and then for the Bengals towards Zim, right? It's both ways. Yep. This is the defense that Zim built. Right, with in, Marvin Lewis. Exactly, mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Um, we'll talk about the connections between these two teams um, next, but Zimmer said in the press conference, this might be a disadvantage for him because they know what, what all the calls he makes on defense. A lot of these players... Um, on this team were there when Zimmer was the defensive coordinator calling Mm -hmm. the plays. Um, But looking at their defense, the Bengals rank 13th in the league in points allowed per game with 20.8, and they're 19th in yards allowed per game, um, 345.5. So they have... They have a solid defense. Um, linebacker Carl Lawson has six, uh, 7.5 sacks, and Geno Atkins, the big defensive tackle in the middle, has seven sacks. Um, eight different Bengals have one interception, so there's not really a defensive back that um, stands out in that regard. But, mm-hmm. yeah, looking at this defense, they're a stingy group. Um, they have the same same formations as, as we present on our defense, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, now here, here's the one issue for the Bengals, though, is is injuries. Vontez Perfect did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, concussion. Dre Kirkpatrick, concussion, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Kevin Minter, hamstring, did not practice wow. Wednesday or Thursday. Nick Vigil, linebacker, ankle, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Perfect is their thumper. No. Yep. He's, he's their, he is their best player on defense. And then Nick Vigil is their other starting linebacker who plays all the time. Does Minter start too? And Minter starts, yeah. yeah. But they were without Perfect and Vigil against the Bears, and Jordan Howard went wild yeah. on them. And it's because those two guys were out. Now, um, Minter did play, but he just doesn't have the same juice that Perfect does. But if Minter is also not going to play in this game, I mean, the Bengals are hurting on defense. They still have Michael Johnson and Geno Atkins yep. and Carl Lawson, as you mentioned, but those linebackers are at the heart of, of this defense, and they need those guys back big time because they struggled against the Bears without Perfect and without Vigil. So uh, that bears monitoring throughout the week to see if those two linebackers are going to play. Absolutely, and we mentioned it. Um, there's connections between these two teams. Mike Zimmer served as the defensive coordinator for um, six seasons, uh, 2008 through 2013, leading a defense that ranked in the top 10 for yards allowed and f- and uh, in four of the six years that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Vikings linebacker coach Adam Zimmer, uh, Coach Zimmer's son, served as the Bengals' assistant defensive backs coach in 2013, so he was there as well. Um, Terrence Newman, our, our veteran cornerback there, he played with the Bengals under Zimmer from 2012, um, and he was there until 2014. Um, Emmanuel Lemur, who we mentioned on the injury report, uh, a key special teamer for the Vikings, um, also was with um, the Bengals in, from 2012 to 2015. And Kyle Rudolph... Um, is a Cincinnati native. That's right. So there are a lot of Cincinnati um, Viking connections. And, uh, yeah, we practiced against them last year in training camp. You remember that? And uh, 
Yeah, these two teams know each other. Yep, so. we do. For, for being non-division opponents, lots of familiarity between these two clubs, and that's going to add to the, um, you know, to the competitive spirit of this game for sure yep. Bengals not really in playoff contention anymore at five and eight it would take um like 25 things to go their way to make the playoffs at eight and eight that's the best they can do so uh but they do know zimmer and they want to beat zimmer and they know zimmer wants to beat them and this is a competitive league so those guys are going to come to play that's for sure and it'll be a lot of fun on sunday for sure now we're going to go to uh wabi's mailbag we got right. three questions from from your loyal fans here. Let's go. First one's from Brian Holmes. Against Carolina, Jarek McKinnon led the Vikings in rushing yards with just 46 yards. Murray was not a factor in this game. The Vikings running game has been remarkably inspiring this season, all things considered, but we decided not to use either McKinnon or Murray in the second half against Carolina. Why? I think it's a good question, and I think it's because of the offensive line injuries. You know, Reef left the game in the yep. second half, Elfline did not play, and then um, and Remmers did not play. So when Reef got hurt, you had to move Rashad Hill from right tackle, where he was playing in place of Mike Remmers, you had mm-hmm. to move him to left tackle to fill in for Reef. So now you need a, a right tackle. So they moved Jeremiah Searles to right tackle. So, yep. Because he was playing left guard because Easton was playing center because Elfline was out. Then so so now you gotta move him out, Searles out to right tackle, and then you gotta plug a rookie in, Danny Isadora, in at left guard. So you're playing with your backup left tackle, your third left guard, your backup center, and your third right tackle. Not easy. So I think <laughs> right, I think that's why the running game disappeared. Brian is right. We did not use those guys in the second half. They had five carries in the second half. Yeah. So we went away from the running game. I have a feeling it had something to do, though, with the shuffling of the offensive line. Hopefully we won't have that issue this week. I agree. Next one from Ray Bustos. You don't know what you got until it's gone, and I think it's pretty obvious now how great our offensive line was prior to all of these injuries. Mm-hmm. How severe are the injuries to the Minnesota moving company? Well, they're severe in that Reef may not play in this game, so that's a bad injury. But like you said, Chris, Zim seemed fairly optimistic about some of these injuries. So I don't think these are season-altering injuries. We should be able to win this weekend and clinch and get in the playoffs and have a, at least a home game in the wild card round, hopefully the number two seed and a first-round bye. Yeah. So I think we're going to get out of this um, without you know a season-ending injury, at least right now. I think Elfline should be back. Remmers, it sounds like, is working his way back. So I think we're going to be okay at the end of the day, but we may have to survive without Reef this week. Yeah. Looking at the next question, it's a it's a very good question because a lot of people do wonder about this. It's from Evan Beckford. If we end the season with the same record as the Eagles, who holds the tiebreaker? Yeah. This is a, a loaded question. It is because it depends what happens the rest of the way. So I took a look at this to make sure I got it right. We each have three games left, obviously, the Vikings and Eagles, but we each have two games against NFC opponents. The Eagles are a game better than us overall and in the NFC right now. Yeah. So for us to beat them in in a tie-breaking scenario, yep. the Eagles have to lose both of their NFC games, and we have to win both both of our NFC games yeah. plus this weekend's game against the Bengals because we got to we got to gain a game on them. Yeah. Right. So. Um, as of right now, the Eagles have it, but we won't know for sure until we finish Week 17 because 
the tiebreaker that applies to us and the Eagles is not head-to-head because we didn't play them. It's conference record. So we each have two conference games to go, so we don't know who, who would get the tie until we until, play the until games. We, yeah, until we see the results. Right, that, so that that's why, sense. I mean, God bless him with the Carson Wentz injury and all that, but you're rooting your tail off against the Eagles For this weekend to, to play yeah. the Giants. So. If they lose this one, then maybe you have a chance. Right. If they don't. It's not not looking easy. For Isn't that. this fun? Yeah, it's it's fun to figure out all these scenarios. You know, just to be in the thick of things like this is is as good as it gets. Yeah, man, I mean, it's pretty fun. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, now we're gonna look forward to the future. We hate to do it to you right now because of the amazing season that the Vikings are having. Yep. But it is fun to look at what Todd McShay of ESPN does when he puts together his mock draft of who the teams. Um, could take with their pick um, as it stands now with the standings. So the Vikings would have the 29th pick in the NFL draft in the first round if if this regular season did end today. Yeah. Um, and looking at this list, it's it's fun. We all watch college football. There's yeah. a ton of big names on here, so we'll, we're going to run through it. All right. Um, and this is using the order as if the draft was right now. Yeah. Okay. I love it. So... The number one pick would be the Cleveland Browns. That they've been there and, and they have not they have not taken their quarterback. And finally McShay has them taking a quarterback. He has them taking Sam Darnold of USC. Um he was one of the highest touted prospects um coming out of high school, going there to uh USC. Um the Browns did pass on Carson Wentz. They did pass on uh Deshaun Watson this year. So now they're going to take a QB, according to McShay. I like it. Now, the Giants are second, and McShay has the Giants taking quarterback UCLA Josh Rosen. So Darnold and Rosen kind of are head-to-head as to who's going to be taken first among quarterbacks in this draft. Darnold, of course, USC. Rosen, UCLA. So not only are they probably going to go 1-2 in the draft, yep. and they'll be compared for that reason, but they went to rival schools, exactly. UCLA and USC. So that's super cool. By the way, when we get into the pro day season, that would be a lot of fun to go to those two pro days, right? Can you imagine all the people in the media that are going to be at those pro days? I can't even imagine it. Yeah. I mean, they better have those on back to back days. That's for sure. Everyone's going to be there. So it's going to be awesome. Pretty cool. Another note I love just going over this growing up in New York and being a Jets fan. Yeah. Watching the Giants win two Super Bowls. Um, The Jets were supposed to be up here. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) right. They were supposed to be the ones who tanked this year. Um, they decided to win a few games and be mediocre, um, so now they dropped to the nine seed. So it's not looking as high um, of chances for the Jets to get a quarterback. But yeah, and, instead it's the Giants. So. And, and at nine, McShay's got the Jets taking Arden Key, LSU uh, pass rusher. Okay, he's a very athletic guy um, over there at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at some of the other guys in here, he's got the Denver Broncos taking Josh Allen, the big quarterback out of Wyoming. The third quarterback, yeah. He would be the third one taken. How about um, the Browns, two picks in the top six? Yeah, if they get – so he's got the Browns at number six taking who I think is the best player in the draft, uh, Saquon Barkley out of Penn State, the running back. Okay. So they can fill out their their quarterback-running back duo – pretty much in this draft and that would be the smart thing to do i would think i would think so too um you know let's look at at division rivals here um the bears at eight getting a wide receiver from alabama calvin ridley 
Um, I I don't know. I kind of would be okay with that, honestly. Like, I know they got Mitch Trubisky and they have Jordan Howard, and now you give him a really good receiver. That might be really good, I guess. But I don't know. They're going to give the Bears a receiver. I'm fine with that. I guess they, if you're looking at their roster, they really don't have any targets for Trubisky to throw to. So okay. I guess it would make sense for sure. them to go there. Yep. Um, okay. Looking at the Packers at number 17 at the moment, they would hopefully they move back a little bit if they win a few games here. But um, outside linebacker at a Boston College, Harold Landry. I don't know if that guy's any good. Do you? I haven't seen him play. Okay. I hope he's no good. Because I don't want the Packers to get a good defense. That's the last thing we we need is for Green Bay to have a good defense. I mean, so um, God bless Harold Landry, but if he goes to the green and gold, I hope he's not what Green Bay thought he was. I hope so, too. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Number 19, the Los Angeles Chargers. He's got them taking Baker Mayfield. Ooh, there's the fourth quarterback. Okay. The Heisman winner um, this year. Obviously a competitor. Yep. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, me too. He's fun to watch. He's definitely fun to watch. He's a little undersized as a quarterback. That's probably why he has him as the fourth one taken. Um, but, yeah, I like the intangibles when you, that you get with Baker Mayfield. Yep. Um, right before that, by the way, another division rival, Detroit taking Tremaine Edmonds, defensive end outside linebacker from Virginia Tech. Um, anything else standing out to you here before we get to the Vikings at 29? Not really for me. No, I think that's about it. I think we went over a bunch of the big names there. Okay. um, So I'll, I'll set you up with the 29th pick in the 2018 NFL draft. The Minnesota Vikings select Martinez Rankin offensive tackle from Mississippi state. Um, this is a guy who is a senior. Um, he's six, five, 305 pounds, 23 years old. Um, he was a JUCO transfer, um, and he performed very well against SEC competition, as McShay states here. Um, he thinks that he's a he's not a, a big miss as a as a guy who can come and be a fill in as a tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest spot when it comes to the Vikings looking at our offensive line that we did so well at um, creating such a good group this year, and. Uh, yeah, this this was this is the guy he's got us taking. I, I haven't heard of him honestly. I haven't either, but sounds good to me. Yeah, offensive tackle at twenty nine who can come in and be our third tackle or our starter. Sign me up, man. If you get one one of the big offensive tackles from the Big Ten or SEC. Um, yeah, and, and here's the other thing too. I agree with that. And the other thing is, you know, I know we got Reef and Remmers, but you can slide Remmers inside. Good. And he, he can play guard, and this this kid could be a starter. So if you really want a starter out of your first-round pick and it bugs you that we took a tackle and we got Reef and Remmers, remember that. Yep. You can kick Reef in, or uh, Remmers inside if you want. Or this kid could go inside. Who knows? But, I mean, draft those big guys, man. They're hard to find. You can't just go out in the street and find an offensive lineman who can start for you. You can go out in the street and find players at other positions who can come in and start for you. But um, I'm fine with taking a tackle at 29. For sure. I, Actually, I, yeah. you know what I'd rather do? What would you rather do? Take a tackle at thirty-two. <laughs> I, I, you can take a tackle any any offensive lineman I, for with this team. The amount of playmakers that we have, um, the depth that we have at some of those core skill positions, um, I'm totally fine with just building up that offensive line yeah. for sure. All right, let's get out of here with over under. All right, we're doing the over under again. We're we're gonna keep these going because I know the fans love them. Yeah. So uh, let's do it. A.J. Green, 65 receiving yards. He had uh, 60 last week, so I'm going to go 65 um, over under. 
Well, I saw in the earlier part of the outline that you put together that A.J. Green is 50 yards away from 1,000 for the season. Yep. I know that's an arbitrary number. It has nothing to do with X's and O's or the outcome of game, but A.J. Green is not getting to the 1,000-yard mark against us. <laughs> so I'm going under 65 because if he gets to 50, he gets to 1,000. Yep. He's going to be under 65. I'm going under, too. We talked about Xavier Rhodes, and we've done this over-under with wide receivers all all year. Um, even when we've gone over, just to give some of these guys some credit, um, it kind of got thrown in our face. So I'm going under. I'm sticking with Xavier. Okay. Um, and I, I like our rebound defense at home. Me too. Uh, against this team. Next, 1.5 total turnovers for the Vikings defense. We mentioned that um, – Andy Dalton has nine interceptions on the season. That's a big number um, for him. So under over, 1.5 total turnovers. I'm going over. I I think we're going to get our hands on the football and defense in this game. I think that our offense is going to stake us to a lead. It's going to put pressure on the Bengals' offense to perform. They're probably going to make some plays. I love it. But they're going to have to get risky in so doing, and we're going to get our hands on the football a couple of times. I love it. I'm 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 doing the same thing. I'm going over. Um, not to be so positive here, um, but I think that crowd crowd noise um, playing at U.S. Bank Stadium, the defense, I, I think we're going over. I yep. think there's a fumble and an interception that happens in this cool. game for us. All right. All right, the last one, Case Keenum. Will he have a rebound game from probably his first questionable – I mean, he still had a great game last yeah. week. Um, he made the throws. He made great plays. He had a couple of mistakes. Um, but will he throw for over 255.5 passing yards? Yeah, I'm I'm very bullish on the Vikings offense in this game, especially with the injuries to the Bengals defense. Perfect, um, um, you know, individual yep. chief among them, Kevin Minter, Drake Kirkpatrick. So I, I like our offense in this game, playing in the controlled environment of U.S. Bank Stadium. And, uh, and like you've said, a bounce-back performance. So I'm going to go over on this. We're agreeing on all three over-unders. I'm going over. I think Case Keenum is going to have a stellar week. I think Adam Thielen catches a touchdown. I think Stephon Diggs catches a touchdown. Oh, yeah. I think it's a big week for the Vikings offense returning home for the first time in about a month. All righty. Should be a lot of fun. That's going to do it for this episode of the Wobcast. Thanks, Chrissy, for putting the outline together and the show together. Appreciate it. You do a great job producing and co-hosting. This is a lot of fun to do. We thank you guys for listening. Remember, the Vikings and the Bengals, they play Sunday kickoff noon central time. The game is, of course, on the Vikings radio network. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen will have the call. Pete Bursich will be in the booth. Greg Coleman, Ben Lieber on the sideline. Vikings game day live on Fox 9 here in the Twin Cities and in Minnesota. That begins at 10 o'clock, so make sure you check that out. And then if you're listening to the game on the radio, the Vikings Radio Network pregame show hosted by Mike Musman also begins at 10 a.m. Central. Download the Vikings app if you haven't already, and also download the iHeartRadio app because there's a Minnesota Vikings channel on that app. You can catch the Wobcast, Skull Stories, and all of our great content on that app as well. On behalf of producer and co-host Chris Corso, I'm Wobby, signing off for now. Have a great weekend, everyone. Skull.